Facebook Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. All right, so you can join us on the phones. Bring up whatever it is that happens to be on your mind. We're going to talk about just a, an outrageous story uh, that is coming out of our very own New Hampshire uh, to to kick things off here tonight. But first, Mark, tell me about John Dennis. John Dennis is a candidate for Congress out of uh, San Francisco. He's a Republican uh, running against Nancy Pelosi. And if you make your short list of uh, crappy politicians, most people are going to put Nancy Pelosi near the top of that list. You really can't do much about Nancy Pelosi unless you live in San Francisco, right? Wrong. The average American can uh, go to johndennis2010.com and... Donate to the campaign. They are busting through their campaign goals. Uh, they're, they're making money hand over fist because people know that uh, Nancy Pelosi, not a particularly savory character. She's not even campaigning at home. She, she's, she's resting on her laurels. She's, after all, the Speaker of the House. What's she got to campaign for? So, you know, do what I've done. Uh, go to johndennis2010.com and uh, donate today. We've talked many times in the past on this program about DCYF or DCF or whatever the other various different uh, alphabetical arrangements are that essentially demarcate a group of government bureaucrats whose job it is to essentially go around and kidnap children from parents. That's basically what they uh, they do. Now, maybe in some cases their actions could be defended in the case of uh, a parent that's actually beating their kids, for instance. But in many cases, uh, the allegations against the parents are well paper thin and questionable and anonymous and there are horrible horrible things that are being done to families all across this country right and you know one of the things the constitution guarantees is that the right to face your accuser and when you put these faceless bureaucracies that don't uh, answer questions between the real accuser and the individual who's being accused, you you really you circumvent that you circumnavigate the Constitution because the idea would be is if somebody Which of course is nothing new, nothing new, nothing new, no, at all new. But it, the idea is is that if you think that I'm treating my son Jack poorly, mm-hmm. you should have to take me to court and say, look. He's treating his son badly, and then if you um, here's you know, the evidence. Here's the evidence that you lay out, and then the evidence that uh, I'll give to say, well, that's not true. And then if you lose, you should have to pay my court costs. Absolutely. Now this is the way that it would it would have been, you know, uh, uh, some some period of time before they brought out CPS or DHS or HRS, or whatever. whatever it is, one of these child protective services things. But now, um, you know, they you go to you skulk about. And you get whatever evidence you get, and then you give it to some bureaucrat who then, you know, comes to my house officiously and says, your child is being mistreated. Come in. I'm going to come in now and gather some evidence against you. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it's difficult to gather evidence from the outside of a house. I understand it is. But first off, uh, you know, do, does this person have a warrant? If they don't, they're not allowed in. By the government's rules. Well, that's that's what you're supposed yeah. to be true. I've heard uh, that that they can give you a lot of trouble if you do not do that. But, Mark, people uh, are afraid of the government. So when a government agent comes up to their front door, they want to let them in. They want to show them that there's you know there's nothing wrong inside their house. This must this must be a mistake. Huh. 
what is all this about? They Come have in. every reason to be. May scared I get of the, you some coffee? Yeah. Uh, you know that uh, that these government folks are somehow going to be. You could reason with them. You could uh, show them the the righteousness of your ways, and they'll just nod and and walk off. Oh, what were we thinking? Coming what a mistake. Here? Oh, thanks for the coffee. Good night, old chap. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't work out that way in, in many a lot cases. Of cases. That's that's for sure. Where they are are kidnapping people's kids. And so just a few days ago here in New Hampshire, I guess it was Concord, where there's there's a hospital and a mother just had a child and had their their newborn taken from them by these DCYF people. And we can get into some of those details, but what I found was really telling uh, was a story about the bomb scare, which is totally ludicrous these people had their their child taken from them there are some uh, some activists up here that well they they care about uh, other people and the fact that they're being aggressed against whether or not it's their family or not or their friend or not doesn't matter to them they came out and they held a protest out in front of this hospital for essentially going along with this program these government bureaucrats right i mean the the, the hospital let these uh, police officers and i believe that there were more than a dozen of them on site for this, uh, uniformed and uh, and and in suits, and they let them just hang around until this, these 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 people had the the baby, and then when um, when Mama had had a chance to to hold the baby, and then they they took her away. We're gonna let the doctor check him out, uh, check check oh, the, really? her out. So then they take the baby away, subterfuge, and then the, the the dad's asking some questions, and they quickly re- wheel her out of the room, and then uh, the cops. Then once they get out of the room, he's going after, and then the cops you know close in. And stop wow. him, you know, frisk him and all this other stuff. Now, one has to ask. He must be a mad bomber or something like that because well, they, they actually called out. This is what they want you to think, right? Because they actually called out the bomb squad. Yeah, Yesterday, I believe it was, when they had a protest and there were some folks that went out there to show they cared. They went out and they protested this uh, hospital and the police and these DCYF people or whatever the heck they are. These government bureaucrats that uh, kidnap children. They went out to protest them. The bomb squad gets called out. Not because anybody called in a bomb threat, but because the hospital and the government wanted people to, to make sure they felt safe around the people holding signs out in front of the hospital. Right, there was no bomb squad, a bomb scare, or you know, of bomb any threat. sort. The scare was from the government by bringing the bomb squad in to to hunt Which around. Essentially, then paints these people as bombers. I mean, right? Absolutely, um, it paints them as as terrorists, as madmen. As you need to look out. We need, these people are dangerous. We've got word that these free staters and these uh, liberty activists up here are dangerous. They might be carrying guns in new. Flipping Hampshire, in case sure, you don't know, where it's legal to carry a gun. The the guy could have had a gun on him while his kid was giving bo- uh, while they were giving his wife was giving birth to his kid. It's legal to strap a machine gun to your back, a huge samurai sword, if you want to, in New Hampshire. You can wear whatever weapon you want to out in the open, and yet they act like uh, that. There's you know some reason to be frightened. It's yeah. ludicrous. It was just a protest. So this all coming from these folks coming in and stealing these people's so these people's uh, newborn. So Mark, are these folks? You've done some digging. You've done some research into right. this. Are these people dangerous? Are they an imminent threat to their child's uh, well-being? Sure. I, you know, I'm I'm like anybody else out there. Your average person when you when you say that a family's had trouble with uh, DHS or whatever. I immediately wonder, hmm, what about that family? Let me let me let me look into this. So I did. I looked as as hard as I could, and it, apparently the mom has had some issues that her children were taken away from their caretaker. So she didn't have control of the kids; they were with somebody else. I'm going to guess her mom, but I don't know for sure. And then she had two kids uh, that are older taken away. 
So I don't know what's going on with this lady. But let's say that she's the, the worst mom in the world. If she is, that's fine and that's, that's okay. The question is uh, due process. And what about the dad? The dad is not the dad of the other two kids. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't, whatever proceedings were taken against those other two kids and why they were taken weren't taken against the dad. Now, Yet he had his newborn stolen too. And, right. So if I decide to have a child with the worst mom in the world, does that mean I don't get to keep my kid? Well, Mark, you can have your kid back after you hire a lawyer and go to court and uh, $50,000 and uh, try to fight us off because we know what to do. Um, Now, uh, with that, I'm like, well, let's do a little digging here. Apparently, um, the police in his town know that he's a gun activist. He's a guy who likes guns. Okay. They've, as a matter of fact, charged him um, with carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. In the state that's of, a violation, I believe. Yeah, that's a ticket. In the state of New Hampshire, mm-hmm. um, you're talking about a, uh, 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 it's a $10 permit, and it's called yeah. a shall-issue permit. That means that chief of police shall issue it. If you go and ask for it, he's got to give it to you, or he's got to give a whole great big bunch of reasons why he doesn't. Something particularly yeah. compelling or something like that. Right. Uh, you know, they, they obviously, nobody holds chiefs of police uh, responsible for their actions, and yeah. they can screw with you if they, if they want to do that, because that's so the reality So he's a gun nut, so that justifies uh, taking the kid? I guess that I guess it does, right? Gun nuts shouldn't be allowed to have children. Do you think that gun people, even if people he is that are a gun guns? nut, I mean, he's he, the only charge, the only the the biggest charge they could mention against the guy was uh, was concealed carry. Do you think that's justified? One 9231 You can comment on that or bring up uh, maybe your story with DCYF or DCF or whatever the HRS. heck they're called. HRS eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one or bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. Totally free. We've got news updates. You get signed up. We will keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. Get on the list. We've got updates. Uh, send you via email. We've got uh, Facebook and Twitter. Get on over there at news.freetalklive.com and enjoy it all for free. Now, we're talking about a situation that's actually developed here the past couple of days. And this story, I believe, has broken at least nationwide, uh, maybe internationally. Some world net daily. Yeah. Uh, so it's about this, this couple that is being accused, in this case, uh, the, the man of the, the house is uh, being accused of being involved with militias and buying guns. And so apparently that's why it's okay to steal their newborn child from them. The DCYF people, as they are called, or I'm not even sure if that's the correct acronym here in New Yeah, in, in the state of New Hampshire, I, I wouldn't know CPS what it is. CPS maybe is what it is. But uh, they came in, they stole their baby literally out from their arms at the hospital and swept it away. 
and they don't have their their newborn at this point and it's just crazy some liberty activists up here in new hampshire have uh, reacted by holding a protest and i wanted to to mention that this show is brought to you by the free state project uh mark you and i moved here just over four years ago to new hampshire from florida as part of the free state project because we care about the freedom of other people uh people that aren't harming others and buying guns does not harm another person so leave people alone if they haven't hurt anybody else uh if you're sick and tired of people ha- being having their kids stolen from them if you're tired of you know constantly more regulations and taxes and controls and you know you want to turn that around you want to go and you know get to as small a government as possible or maybe you're like me and you think that coercive government is an antiquated uh, idea and we need to move past it into a voluntary society if you love liberty this is the place for you. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more about uh, the Free State Project. I want to give you more detail on what happened here uh, in New Hampshire with this madness, where this man's newborn, or this woman and the woman in, in this case, we don't know much about these folks, but we're beginning to learn. And I haven't heard anything particularly objectionable as of yet. I know that Sam from the Obscure Truth Network has created a video on this. It's going to be posted shortly. I'll let you know when uh, that's available. It's up at obscuretruth.com right now. We're going to put it up uh, publicly over at freekeen.com shortly. So we'll be able to get more information from that. But honestly, I haven't seen it yet. It literally just posted moments ago. So we'll keep you uh, clued in there. Let's go to the phones and the and uh, your thoughts first, though. Uh, Paul is in Vancouver. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Paul. Paul in hey Vancouver. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, so yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say I, I kind of discovered you guys about a week ago. So I just want to thank you for all the great material you've been putting out. Uh, I've been hooked for for the last week, and uh, I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, thanks for listening. Go ahead with your thoughts tonight. So uh, yeah, I kind of had two. Two points. One, just kind of quickly, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Free State Project. Um, but so, like, I, I'm living in Canada and I'm going to school for another year. Um, but uh, you know, how is the process in terms of making the move? Uh, you know, across the border, because from what I understand, you know, citizenship isn't exactly uh, an easy process these days. That is a great question. And having never had the uh, the difficulty of having to cross one of those imaginary lines in the sand in that fashion. I don't have any personal experience with it. And at this point, it's so early on in the, in the Free State Project's history that really all I, all I know about is people visiting here from other countries and kind of checking things out. I've seen them move, but usually they get some kind of work visa. Okay. See, I haven't met any of those folks, or at least maybe I don't recall me- meeting them. So I don't know what the, the process is like. I don't know what the visa process is like. I imagine it's onerous. I imagine it's uh, it's difficult. I don't know if getting married to somebody uh, makes it much easier, but that's definitely, I think, uh, some sort of a service that should be in demand or maybe will be in demand. People moving here from another country, hooking up with somebody that knows what the heck they're doing when it comes to that process, because the immigration process in this country is is maddeningly difficult and incredibly bureaucratic. And very expensive as well. So I do not relish uh, the position you're in. Okay, that's fair enough. Yeah, I think probably Visa would be at least a a temporary solution, probably the easiest way to go, uh, at least to start. Um, What was your other issue? The the second point I kind of want to bring up, uh, I think a couple of days ago you guys were talking about um, uh, the prostitution laws getting struck down up here in Canada. And, uh, you know, we've kind of had a similar situation when the marijuana laws were struck down a while back. But uh, not a lot changed, you know. Um, the, the politicians seem to find a way around it, even if the courts strike it down. Mm-hmm. And 
I guess, I guess my question is, you know, there's a lot of progress being made, um, but to, it, it, sometimes when I go and I think about it, uh, it seems so, the morality is so twisted, you know, uh, we're putting people in prison for, you know, selling plants or, you know, giving or, people orgasms. Or stealing like, their uh, babies from them. Yeah. Yeah. And whereas we, you know, we honor soldiers or people that are professional killers. Well, I, I don't I don't do those things. Right. I mean, I don't steal babies. I don't uh, I'm not included in that. We and maybe you aren't either, but you're you're just you're using it because you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, just kind of what, what your thoughts are on, um, you know, what you're you know, how we can kind of change this, uh, these this morality that we have in terms of what's. Uh, what's right and wrong, and how? how we can... That's a good question, and I think morality can... changes over time. Um, I mean, that's that's the answer to that question. At one point, it was okay to own people. Now it's not. Um, and you know that 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 worked over. You know, some some brave souls said no. No, this is not right. And then they talked to more souls, and some of them listened, and some of them said, You're nuts! You're a jerk! My God, industry and economy will collapse if we aren't able to own people. And, you know, they'll, they'll have all kinds of utilitarian arguments. Very rarely will you, you hear somebody argue uh, from a moral standpoint. But that's, that's fine. Uh, they'll have all their utilitarian arguments. And then over time, you can kind of show them, Hey, look, you know, hey... It's been a hundred years since we own people here, and everything's all right. Everything's okay. Yeah, and, in fact, it's better, uh, a but, lot better. Yeah. And uh, so that's a great point. And I think getting together uh, with other people of a like mind are going to be a, it's a, that's going to be an important way to propagate those changes that you're looking for in morality in a uh, faster manner. Because if people are alone in the wilderness amongst people that are uh, making excuses for violence, which is essentially what the government is, it's nothing more than uh, than the aggression against peaceful people in order to attempt to mold them in some sort of grand vision of what society is supposed to be, or at least what some men's, uh, some man's ideas of society might be. So um, getting people together, I think, is a very important factor there, because the more people you have that have a similar viewpoint, that have a similar uh, set of values, similar, similar morals, the more likely those people are going to be able to influence other people faster to bring them to a similar set of conclusions. So I think that's where the Free State Project really comes into play. Any other thoughts right. tonight, Paul? Uh, no, no, that's it. Uh, thank you guys. Thanks for, for the call. We appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk to uh, David listening in Albuquerque to Kiva. Hello, David. Uh, hi. This is the first time I've listened to you guys. I was uh, pleasantly surprised to hear your, your topic. The, the story that you let off with basically or it pretty much exactly mirrors mine. I mean, the details are slightly different. but the... If you don't mind, I'd like to get those details from you. Can you hang on for a moment? Yes. We'll be back with David here at 800-259-9231. There are no shortages of stories that involve these government bureaucrats coming into people's homes and stealing their children from them. 1-800-259-9231. And yet, we all keep paying the taxes to support this. It's Free Talk Live. Well, I got me a cast. It's called a verbal surgery. I got me an old podcast. Call it verbal surgery. I come and check it out now. Because it's totally free. You know it's totally free. VerbalSurgery.com 
This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. You'll find a lot of features there, including listening options. We've got the broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to enjoy those. Plus, get details on how to call uh, our listen lines from any phone that can dial long distance. It's all there for you, all courtesy of qualityrental.com. Yeah, qualityrental.com. They like the show so much over there. They wanted to do something special for the listeners, and that's listen.freetalklive.com. You, if you happen to be having an event, whether it's a party, wedding, barbecue, church gathering, anything like that, Quality Rental can handle your tents and chairs and stages and dance floors and all that rental stuff. Just go to qualityrental.com. It's in the southern New England area, I should say. Okay, so I had um, – well, we've been talking about this outrageous story where the government bureaucrats have come in. They have kidnapped somebody else's child. This is not an unusual case. It's tragic how, well, common uh, these stories have become where they can just come in and take your children from you or their, your teenagers from you or whoever, <laughs> your kids. Your loved ones. Yeah, your loved ones. Take them out of your life. And they did this in a hospital. They kidnapped a, a newborn Liberty activists up here in New Hampshire have responded so far in support of these folks because there's no reason that it's been given to to not support them. I mean, the best the government people can say here, uh, all they've pretty much got, according to Will Grigg over at the Pro Libertate blog, is that he's uh, allegedly associated with a militia, which they're right. calling the Oath Keepers. Right, it's the Oath Keepers. It's an organization of uh, law enforcement officers and military people that have said that they will not o- uh, obey an unconstitutional order. Right, I never heard that's that the Oath militia? Keepers were a militia. I, that's news to me. Uh, and also that he purchased several different type of, uh, types of weapons, including a rifle, handgun, and taser. That's the reason to take a child from somebody? This is America. You've got the Second Amendment. He's supposed to be able to, to own any weapon he wants. So, by the way, I said that, uh, that we're going to post that. It's up now over at freekeen.com. There's a video that uh, our friend Sam from obscuretruth.com put together. That's available now with, I believe, an interview of the father in this case. Uh, again, I haven't seen the footage yet, but it's there at freekeen.com. We go to your phone calls. David is listening in Albuquerque to Kiva, and you're you about to, t- uh, to tell us your story, David. Uh, yeah, and before we get started, um, is your uh, email and uh, um, snail mail contact info on your website so that I can send you documentation of sure. the story? Sure, yeah, there's an About Us page. You can uh, get uh, get email addresses there. Uh, okay, sure. Well, anyway, uh, I was a stay-at-home parent uh, to my one- and three-year-old from the time that they were born and until I last saw them. And uh, um, it, the way this started is uh, my ex and I split up. And uh, without going into all the details, she was hostile to me, and she'd found a new boyfriend and moved in, and so didn't really need me anymore. And uh, um, she finally got to the point uh, where uh, she didn't want to see me anymore So to do exchanges, which we had been doing. So she decided that she was only going to allow me to uh, see my children at a supervised visitation until we got in front of a judge because uh, she had filed for custody. So we got in front of a judge in about two months down the road. And uh, so we were doing this uh, supervised visitation against my will, uh, but her, her generic uh, ex parte order that they get when they filed for custody um, uh, allowed her to do what she pleased until the judge said otherwise. Mm. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm visiting my children, paying to visit my children for an hour twice a week um, uh, at a place I'm not very happy about. And I don't know if you know how supervised visitation uh, goes down. Are you familiar with that? No. Is she getting uh, is she getting to choose where you get to meet your kids? Is that how that works? 
Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, there are facilities that are established for this. Um, some of them are not-for-profit organizations. Other ones do it for profit, and they, they charge for their time. And, yeah, what you do is it's for parents that, uh, that aren't uh, mature enough to see each other face-to-face. So one parent has an appointment to show up at, like, 9 a.m., and the other one shows up at 9.15. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one, the first one goes into one room, and the, next, the second one goes into another room, and then they move the children, and wow. then the first one leaves. Man, that's <laughs> just so ludicrous. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's so anti-human. Now, wait, just to pause your story for a moment. You got to this place, this ex parte uh, motion. She, she's breaking up with you. She doesn't want to have anything to do with you. But did she make some sort of allegation about you to get that issued, or is it just like they they just normally issue it to anybody that comes in and asks. As for long one. as they have two X chromosomes. Yeah, you, you, she didn't know that. You don't have to. You don't have to allege anything. If you if you're uh, if you split up and you're a parent, either parent can go file, uh, uh, open a case, file a petition for for custody just by pay, paying the filing fee, and then you get a generic order in an ex parte order that that uh, if you have the children already in your possession. That gives you custody of temporary custody of those children until you get in front of a judge, which usually takes two or three months till your first court hearing. Mm. And wow. so that's the phase. That's the phase that we were in. And and uh, in ex parte, if you you probably know what that means, it means that that both sides haven't presented any argument. Only one side did. They only so they only heard one side, mm-hmm. and that's only in the form of filling out the application or filling out the uh, initial petition and paying the filing fee, and then you get this ex parte order which is generic. It's the same order to everybody who files. Right. So let me see if I got this straight. So if an abusive parent files the ex parte motion first, then they get to hold on to the kids for two months while uh, the, you know, the government schedules a court hearing. Yes, that's exactly how it works. As long as, long as that person actually has the physical yeah. uh, control of the that's child. That's crazy. The children at the moment. Yeah, the, the police can't come unless there's a you know unless there's some something else alleged and they're coming to investigate a crime yeah. they can't they can't come and take that child uh, it, it has to wait until a judge a judge uh, sorts it out at the hearing so yeah. we were we were in that phase waiting and this uh, organization um, it was a place called the neutral corner or is in in Albuquerque New Mexico and they're a subsidiary of YDI um, they're, they have a reputation, this isn't my words, they have a reputation in the community, community as having a strong feminist agenda. Mm-hmm. And the, there, indeed, out of about approximately eight staff members there, there was one was male, the rest were female. They, they were mistreating me, in my opinion, and so I stood up to them and, and I would tell them, you know, this is what you're doing, I don't like it, stop it. You know, where's the complaint form? I want to file a complaint now. And, How are they and, mistreating you, if I may ask? Um, they were, um, let me go back and they were, they were, uh, uh, hostile. I mean, just, just hostile action towards, towards you, uh, uh, controlling and, uh, and then things like, uh, I wear contacts. One, one, for instance, is I would, uh, before or after a visit, um, I might, I might use their bathroom and be in there like 20 minutes cleaning my contact lenses because they were irritating and they would come knock on the door and, and, cause, and apparently they were suspecting that I was either doing drugs or else was a homeless person and I was taking a bath in there or whatever. They're just, it was just constant harassment about wow. this, that, or the other thing. But so the, the point of that is, is that I was in a, uh, informal and formal a complaint process up through the levels from staff member to supervisor to supervisor supervisor, and it, and it was becoming heated, um, not in any way that made it uh, uh, such that any you know that anybody was being disorderly, but it was you know I'm not happy with them and they're not happy with me, 
and that's the environment. Okay, so mm-hmm. we're doing the supervised visit, and then if you if you haven't done that or you don't know what it is, you you have to know because it it, it makes all the difference as to how you view this. Please tell. So you're, the supervised visitation is is generally in a room that's about the size of your living room, and there's uh, toys and such for the kids and uh, chairs and sofas to sit on and whatever, and that's where you spend your one or two hours that you're paying to visit your children. Oh, I bet the kids and, love that, huh? They just love that foreign room that they have to go and see Daddy in. So, yeah, so really clinical comf- and so really comfy there. Yeah, it just sounds horrible. And what are you paying, by the way, before you go on describing it? What do you? Well, the the, the it depends. Uh, a a for profit business like that, they want they bill the two parents thirty five dollars an hour split between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And that and and this was a not for profit, so it was about half that. It was uh, like I think they charged fifteen dollars an hour split between the two parents. Um, uh, but if, if you think that's bad, it gets worse. There was, there's a camera in this place. There was a camera on three of the four walls. There was a one-way mirror into the office on one of the walls. And then there's a, a monitor, and, and that monitor's job that they're paid to do is to watch you continuously. They're not allowed to not watch you. They have to, and, and also, if you turn uh, away from them, like your kid goes over a, a different side and you turn to where your kid went, the monitor walks around so that they can continue to see your face, and and they can't they can't be any farther from you than about twelve feet. So if you walk across, David, room, I want to get you to continue this story here. It is fascinating. If you can, hang on. Bizarre. We'll come back more with. Uh, it's probably not bizarre. This is probably very typical, Mark. At this point, this oh, is sure. Free Talk Live. You take control. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind, 800-259-9231. It's the live Saturday edition of the show. We're focusing on the bureaucrats that kidnap people's children. They call themselves DCF, DCYF, CPS. You make up the acronym, but uh, that's you know, they always have some sort of uh, set of letters that st- signifies, we're the people that take your kids. And so we're talking about that, and, uh, and we're, of course, getting your stories as well, because what happened here in New Hampshire uh, just a couple days ago is uh, these bureaucrats came in and stole an infant, a, a newborn, out of the arms Clearly of the mother. Clearly there wasn't a lot of abuse going on at that point. Yeah, I mean the the woman had 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 held the child for a moment. So we're talking about this these inhumane uh, circumstances that these government laws and bureaucracies force people into in order to just experience a little bit of time with their children. We're going to continue that here in a moment. Right, and I wouldn't recommend using Jurisdictionary.com for something uh, as big as this, but Jurisdictionary.com is a course that will teach you how to use the legal system. It doesn't matter whether you're a plaintiff or a defendant. If you can't afford an attorney, you can't afford an attorney. You need something. 
If you need it, if you if you need something, if you can't afford an attorney, and jurisdictionary might be that thing, but you better get educated. You better get thoroughly educated. Uh, jurisdictionary is a, is an overview on how to to put in motions and move the court and uh, you know get evidence and things like that. It is uh, it, it's a great little CD uh, four CD course. You can learn it in a single weekend. The average eighth grader can understand it. You can get it at jurisdictionary.com. I am using it right now for uh, to contest a pe- speeding ticket. Jurisdictionary.com. So we've been talking with David, and he's been good enough to stick on the line with us here. Uh, David, are you with us? Yes, yeah, sure am. All right. Now, you're calling from Albuquerque. I believe you're listening on Kiva out there. And uh, first time listening to the show, we're glad uh, you're here and, and telling this story because uh, I'm sure your story is not uncommon. Uh, you had uh, you had a relationship. Was it a marriage? I missed that uh, that point. Or I'm sorry. It, was, was it a marriage that uh, that you'd had? I missed that point. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a common law marriage. We hadn't actually gotten married, but we lived together for like six years and had two children. Gotcha. So she wants and, to leave. She she files this uh, ex parte motion that, according to I guess uh, the law out there, uh, basically allows the government to say, okay, well, one parent has the kids and they've decided that uh, they they're contesting uh, the custody of these children. So we're going to just go ahead and grant that one parent because they filed the motion first, total custody over their. Uh, their children, and then we're going to schedule a hearing two to three months later, and uh, ended up being that you were having to meet with your kids at this supervised center, uh, this neutral ground, where, as you put it, parents that aren't mature enough to meet uh, one another, in this case, I presume you mean uh, your, your, your ex-wife, uh, not mature enough to actually meet face-to-face, have this little interlocking airlock system where one parent goes in one side, the other parent goes in the other, they transfer the kids, and you, uh, the kids end up in the middle with somebody monitoring the entire time. And that's what you were t- describing to us, cameras in the room, uh, a one-way mirror, that uh, people can can watch you through. There's somebody actually physically in the room with you who's just kind of following you around, basically. And that's where we left off your story. Did I miss anything? No, that, that's pretty much it. And, uh, yeah, their job is to follow you around. They're not allowed to. This room is like 30 feet long. And I had a, uh, a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and the toddler was running all over. So I would be at different parts of the room, which meant that this woman had to, you know, follow me like a trailer. And and then they they also um, they now, hold on. I, I just I, I want to clarify something here. Apparently, this woman in the room, she's in a living room size room. We're not talking about the uh, Superdome here. Um, she had to be within twelve feet of you and keep your face in a view at all time. I'm just trying to figure out why she needs to see your face. Is it in case you get a lecherous grin? I mean, I, I it would it would seem like she would be able to see you do anything bad from within the room, and if you were going to do something bad, that she wouldn't really be able to stop you by looking at your face first. I'm just trying to get that. Yeah, well, there, you, you would think, and yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, a lot of these things, and, and we haven't gotten to the, the strangest part yet. Um, the, uh, so yeah, so she has to keep your face in view uh, uh, conceivably so that you can't uh, communicate to the child Things that she can't monitor. I see. Because you're not. You're one of the other rules is you can't say anything to your child uh, in a low enough voice that the monitor can't hear it. <laughs> and and then also, I guess this should be obvious by now. The the bathroom that's available. Um, if your child needs to go to go to the bathroom, you can't go in there with the child and close the door. You mm-hmm. have to leave the door wide open. Um, that's nice. Yeah, and. Uh, 
so anyway, so yeah, we're doing this, and it didn't start out as supervised visitation. It started out uh, that my ex simply was, we were doing supervised exchanges there because she didn't want to see me anymore. So we did that for a, a number of weeks, and then I had called up to schedule another week's worth of visits, and they, they told me that, that she wasn't uh, agreeing to any more supervised exchanges, only supervised visitation. And was it there at was this no... point that you had not yet even had a court hearing? Yes. Okay. This, is all, this is all without ever seeing a judge. Got it. So she just and... arbitrarily decided, okay, well, now you don't get to take the kids uh, out of the building. Yeah, it would appear to be arbitrary, um, and I never was given a, a direct explanation. I was able to deduce uh, over the upcoming weeks that there is a clause in this generic order that says, uh, quote, if, uh, if uh, safety is a concern, supervision shall be supervised. I'm sorry, a visitation mm-hmm. shall be supervised. So apparently she was using that clause uh, because she, I heard her mention in, in subsequent hearings and such, uh, she met, She brought up the fact that the last visit that I had with my child in the normal manner, where we had exchanged it, uh, like, like exchanged the children, I'm sorry, like adults, um, and I, he was with me for three days, and um, he he had stubbed his toe because I let him go without his shoes in the backyard, and he had a, a, a flap of skin, and, and it had bled. And once again, he's a toddler. He had chipped a, uh, a canine tooth on his... Uh, uh, his his upper canine tooth, um, which neither of us saw him do, but she blamed that on me. Mm. And then he had gotten a a bad a very bad diaper rash, which partly was my fault because I didn't uh, change his his diapers often enough, um, it, and that may have uh, made it that he that he wouldn't have gotten that bad of a diaper rash as he as he did. However, he did get that same diaper rash. It was a it was a yeast type infection. Um, uh, he did get that same rash. Uh, like six or nine months earlier when we were still living together. Kids uh, get but, stuff. I mean, they break things. Things happen. Yeah, right. Anyway, so that's what she used to, that, that, to, to call me unsafe, you know, that to make safety a concern. That's how she justified uh, not letting me have my own children again. And re- remember, I was the stay-at-home parent, the primary mm-hmm. caretaker of those children 24-7 um, from the time that I caught them, literally caught them, to the time that I was kicked out of their lives, um, with the exception of the period of time where she was uh, heavily pregnant and recently delivered of our second child, at which time I went out and worked until she recovered. How many ki- how many parents have a child, a uh, a baby that doesn't get a diaper rash at some point? I can't imagine. I can't imagine. My wife is a stay-at-home mom, and you know that's what she does is take care of my son. And he's still had little spots. Uh, you know, little. He never got a full-fledged diaper rash, but you know, little red spots. And she put that the desitin stuff on, and boy, he doesn't like that. I think it burns a little. <laughs> so, what else do you want to tell us about these supervised visits? Is there anything else of note? Uh, other things you want to share about your story? Yeah. You'll you'll like this one here in a minute. But anyway, so these um, the the very last time that I saw my children, um, it was a one hour visit, and about twenty minutes into it or so, the monitor uh, woman who was oh I forgot to give you this part. The monitor the monitor uh, also uh, is required to write notes of what is going on in the room. You know, in addition to the video uh, cameras that are supposedly running, mm-hmm. uh, uh, she's required to write notes. And not, on, not just when there's something noteworthy, 
they they literally write continuously. She so every time I mean you're sitting there and there's this woman sitting on the couch, ten feet away from you, looking at you and writing notes, and and she never stops writing. Disturbing. And, and I, I've read some of the notes. It's really inane stuff that they that they that they write. You know, because you know, dad looked at that son. Son ran across room. Son picked wow. up toys. Um, anyway, so they're doing that, and in in this in this context, about. 20 minutes into the the visit, um, I had I was changing my children's diapers. This was a visit with both children were there, the one-year-old and the three-year-old. Mm. And remember, I was accused of being unsafe because I didn't change my, my kids' diapers often enough. And so I made sure to change their diapers during this supervised visit because I was accused of not doing it often enough. And um, uh, it, I, was, I, was, I was sitting down on the floor changing the diapers and um, the... Uh, the woman had uh, said to me, "My boy, my boy, the toddler had stripped his his clothes off down to his diaper. He's running around in the room in his diaper." And she said to me, "You should put his his clothes back on." And I said, "Why?" Well, yeah, well, that's that exactly. <laughs> but what I said to her, and I snapped at her, I said, "Lady, don't tell me how to parent my children because I'd had the same right." Problem and with I want to keep this going, if you don't mind. Can you hang through the news? Yeah, I yeah. want to hear more about this. <laughs> it's a one year old. They get naked. Oh, this was the three-year-old. Is there a problem? A three-years-old. Whoopie-doo. Is there a problem with that? Running around the room with a diaper on? And more coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. Okay, here's the long and the short of it. If you name the worst politicians in America today, Nancy Pelosi is going to be on your top ten list. She's awful, and she's powerful. There is a principled anti-war Republican running against her, however, and his name is John Dennis. He's already beaten the establishment Republican in the primary, but he's going to need all of the financing he can get to bring down the political juggernaut that is Nancy Pelosi. He can do it, but only with your help. I've donated to John Dennis's campaign, and I would like to encourage you to also. Now is the time. Nancy Pelosi is politically vulnerable, and it's unlikely that we're going to get another candidate like John Dennis. He's the only type of Republican that can win in San Francisco. In my opinion, he is as, if not more, principled than Ron Paul. Go to johndennis2010.com and donate today. johndennis2010.com. He is Hope for America. This ad paid for by John Dennis for Congress 2010. johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. The toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. This program brought to you by SACL CAI. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, wherein you get to create the content of the site. So as you're surfing around the internet and you find a news story or a blog post or a YouTube video or something like that that you think is interesting that you want to share with our other listeners, you can submit it as show prep to the website. Other listeners will then see it in the upcoming stories queue. They'll vote as to how they feel as to whether or not you like or they, they like or dislike your suggestion. You also get to vote on others' suggestions. And the most voted up make it to the front page in the top of the website. At freetalklive.com. We opened the show out uh, last hour with an outrageous story about government bureaucrats here in New Hampshire stealing a newborn uh, from a mother and a father that uh, were in the, still in the hospital on the most ludicrous of pretenses because dad has some guns, apparently. And uh, we wanted to get your stories. I mean, what, what have your experiences been? 
uh, you're welcome to tell us those. We're actually going to get back to one of them here in a moment. Another question would be, do you think it's okay to steal children from people because dad is a gun nut? 1-800-259-9231. We've had David on now for a couple of uh, two or three segments. Uh, and it's just third. Yeah, yeah, this, I mean, it's, it's been a persuasive, uh, very interesting story to somebody like me who is an, at it's all, not relatively at all common. What it is he's, common. what he's dealing with here. Uh, and you it's, know, it's the horrible. fact is, if you have a child and a Y chromosome, you're screwed. Well, now you brought that up last hour, and I didn't call you on it. I, I understand that you're right, that uh, the, the system favors women, no doubt about it. But in this case, the system is that if whoever the parent is files an ex parte motion... It's the parent that, that has the that children. That has the child. I'm sorry. Time, Thank you. And, and, who, and which parent is likely to have the child at, uh, you know, most of the time? I don't know. It would all depend on the circumstances, but uh, because they just split up, right? So, uh, so whoever has the children and files this motion then gets two to three months where they pretty much have total control over how the other parent gets to see the kids. And David's been telling us about this Orwellian, uh, this institutional center <laughs> where you bring your kids. You don't ever see the other parent. Uh, they have these overseers that are keeping an eye on things. You can't leave. You can't take the kids uh, to. To another place you're just in this nondescript room with some uh, some kitty toys and we had just left off uh, david's story where i thought it was the one-year-old but david you said the three-year-old was running around in a diaper after having was it just changed yeah i don't remember the order but but yeah he was basically uh, uh he had just you know being a happy kid he was just running around having fun and and he had stripped his shirt off and he pulled his pants off and he's running around in his diaper having a good time and the the and, overseer gets on your case because she's uncomfortable i mean it, it seems like that's what the issue is she jumped on your case because she wanted you to put the clothes back on yeah all she, she said to me you should you should put your clo- your son's clothes back on and i and i snapped at her i said lady don't tell me how to parent my children cuz I, I had been through that same kind of thing with a a monitor on a previous occasion and i went to the monitor supervisor and i and the supervisor said that yes i'm correct they're not supposed to give you, talk to you in a way that would be telling you how to parent your children mm. and so I snapped at this woman. I said, "Lady, don't tell me how to parent my children." And, and I and I turned right back around and, to my children and carried on with the visit. And and then um, at the end of this visit, um, uh, was one hour visit. At the end of the visit, the lady she said something else to me that pertained to you know how to parent my children. And I said, "Look, lady, I already told you, uh, don't tell me how to parent my children. Now don't say another word to me. Go get your supervisor immediately." And 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 that was the end of the visit. They were shuttling my kids out of the room. And uh, the visit ended, and uh, uh, just out of coincidence, I had a previously scheduled formal closed-door sit-down meeting scheduled with that, with that monitor supervisor and the supervisor's supervisor immediately after this visit to, to deal with my complaint process. So we had that visit, and, I, and nothing at all was mentioned about anything about the visit that had just ended. We discussed things that had to do with, with prior visits. Um, and what and, could you do anyway? So you can complain, but are you able to decide? Okay, I don't want to do this here anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound like you're in control of any of these circumstances. Yeah, I'm not in control of anything. Um, if if I, I mean, if I were hindsight being 2020, like you, like they say, um, I could have done things differently if I had to go through this again. But we don't have that luxury of, of hindsight uh, in most cases. Um, uh, it occurred to me that probably all th- all things considered, it, it might possibly have been the best thing had I refused to visit my children 
in that supervised visitation um, so that they never would have had a chance to, you know, to, to do anything. Um, however, then some, you know, then they could throw at you, well, you abandon your children because mm-hmm. you refuse to to uh, do the paid supervised visitation. So now when you said that, you mentioned earlier in the last hour, you said the last time you saw your children, when was that? That was uh, July 3rd of 2007. What happened? Why was that the last time? Um, well, it, it, it's uh, long and convoluted, but uh, here's it, 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 the answer Try to, to sum that, it up. Yeah, pardon? Try to sum it up as best you can. Yeah. I, I can, yeah. The answer to that starts with uh, with what happened uh, in this visit. Um, and uh, anyway, so like I said, that visit ended just exactly how I had how I had told you from my point of view. And then uh, our, our first hearing in front of this is a Judge Angela Jewell in the uh, Second Judicial District Court Family Division in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, and uh, uh, she, I. The very first hearing in front of her, I, I walk into the, the hearing room, sit down at my table, and I'm all happy because finally my my rights are going to be protected. Right, it's your day in court, the best legal system in the world. Yeah. yeah so, uh, so anyway, I'm all happy, and and the the judge walks in, sits down, and the very first thing she says is she she pulls out a this letter here that I'm shaking. And and she says, I have a letter here from the neutral corner, and she, and she goes on to uh, to say some brief things about it and and mix and has copies handed to both of us. I read mine and 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 I and I I feel that feeling like people say like you're in in a bad movie. That's how it felt. Um, and uh, what this letter said, and I'm happy to. It's one page, single space. I'm happy to read the entire thing or send it to anybody. Um, but I'll cut to the chase. It says all kinds of things that, that make me look crazy, but the most egregious thing on there, um, uh, let me find the quote, and I'll read it, I'll read it as a quote, just a couple sentences. Um, sure, and this was them basing uh, their opinions about you off of the few hours that you had spent uh, with your kids in, uh, in their little center, their institutional center. Right. Yeah, I'd been, I'd had a history with them of about, I don't know if it was five or six weeks. You know, once or twice a week for five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in and out of there, half of, most of, half of it was doing exchanges. So, what was the most um, outrageous thing that uh, that they would they had suggested? Well, well, uh, well, I'm going to read you one little teaser just for a laugh, and then I'll get to the serious part. Um, I, I had brought uh, my, my little kids and I. Part of our routine at home, you know, I'm staying at home being mom. Is I would play music that I would li- that I like, which was actually <laughs> that I taped I taped it off of uh, NPR uh, out here on the college station. Mm-hmm. You know, they have uh, yeah, oh, sure. oh, actually, actually, it was Native American music. Okay. The, the ones that she's referring to here, it says, uh, uh, "Mr. Olson then put some music on that the monitor reported." Sounded like words were being played backwards. Oh dear God! What, what <laughs> so to all your Native American uh, listeners, uh, you know, hey guys, your music sounds like it's being played backwards, <laughs> and and it has caused me to not see my children for three years. Um, okay, so the, I'm, you're right. right. I, I I feel bad laughing at that, but you're right. It was ludicrously uh, hilarious. Yeah. Well, what, this letter is full of things like that, and that's, oh, that's one. Of that, that's one of the things that, that I don't understand because, okay, let's say someone just made a straightforward, serious allegation, you know, like Mr. Olson did this, this, and this. But 
that's not the concept the, 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 the Mr. Olson is a Satanist and is playing backwards masked music uh, here at the center and what now you said there's something that's even more absurd yeah, well, here, here I'll it tell goes. you what, we'll get to that in a moment here. More with uh, David and, and his story at 800-259-9231 as to how it was that the, the case was built against him to steal his children from him. 1-800-259-9231. Can you relate? Or maybe you're on the, the other side. Maybe you've, you know, you've got something that will justify all of these actions against him. It sounds absolutely absurd to me. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, in fact, a whole bunch of them, going all the way back to late 2006. They're all completely free. You can get the last week's worth on the front page and then click into the archive section and go way back. All free for you, courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Actually, you can get dot anything over there. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can create your very own website there with their free site builder tools and templates. They have more than 3,000 templates for you to, to, to use and, and, and make your website. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. If you use our portal, you'll get your first month completely free, hostgator.freetalklive.com. We are talking about the government bureaucrats taking kids uh, from people, and David is with us in Albuquerque. Now, David, uh, you've been, we've been digging in deep here to your story, and I've, I found it absolutely fascinating, especially as somebody who doesn't have kids. I, uh, you know, it's stories like this that made me glad I got a vasectomy at age 23. Um, but, uh, you know, nonetheless, there are millions of people out there who have gone through similar circumstances where these uh, heartless government bureaucrats and institutionalized uh, private charity employees have gotten involved in people's lives and, and just just ruin them and, and make things so difficult on folks and for, for no reason and, and then just make stuff up that is so absolutely ludicrous to justify their aggression and to justify uh, taking children from people. And I certainly want to get to some other people's uh, thoughts and stories here, but I wanted to get to the very end of, uh, of yours, at least to this point, where you've been telling us about this, uh, this monitoring center, this neutral ground place, wherein you're, uh, you were forced to go to visit your children while being completely monitored by these ultra-suspicious individuals who uh, just made up some of the most ludicrous claims, like that you put on some Native American music. In their report, they write down that you were playing music that sounded like it had backwards lyrics in it. And in an attempt to smear you and to, to attempt to uh, to get you away from these kids. So, what was the other um, biggest issue in that report? 
okay, well, the, the, I'm gonna I'm gonna do you the justice of of reading it as a direct quote, so it's in their words, and I'm and I don't have the opportunity to slant anything. Okay. But since I'm gonna do that, I, I want to give you one bit of explanation. This was a, the the date was July 3rd in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which means it was 95 to 100 degrees, mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, so anyway, we're in this visitation room, and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm sitting. Indian style on the floor at one point and, and kneeling on my knees at another point and, and, and moving around uh, doing the task of changing one one kid and then the next one and um, uh, at at one point in my going from standing up to sitting down initially I felt uh, my skin binding in an area that you might guess that there might be tender skin that could bind yeah sometimes that happens down. when it's when it's yeah. just when it's hot yourself. out and it's sweaty down yourself. there yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so um, normally uh, it's not a problem when we do things like pick our nose or whatever. We usually do it when somebody's not looking. Um, (laughs) But this person, this woman is looking at you constantly, this monitor. Right, that's their job. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're twenty minutes into this hour, and and I'm why well, I, I mean I guess I can I'm going to sit back up again, but I gotta I gotta change these kids' diapers, and I'm not happy anyway. And so I said I I said to myself in my head, you know, screw it. Uh, um, and so I, I, I reached into my shorts and I made the proper adjustment and I pulled my hand yep. back out in, in, in like five seconds, you know, with, and, and I was, she was sitting to my left and a little behind me, kind right. of a slightly quartering view. And I just reached in and I did it and I, and I took my hand out and I went on to changing my kid's diapers. It's totally okay, natural good. thing for a man to do. Nothing sexual about that. All right. I want to hear the quote. Go ahead. Okay. So here's the quote. And it, Coincidentally, it comes right after the playing backwards. So you'll re- I'll start with, uh, sounded like the words are being played backwards, comma. At this point, Mr. Olson reached inside his pants and pulled his penis up, and the monitor noticed he had an erection. This is when the monitor asked for my assistance. So, Who's Is it true? No, well, no, it's not true. I mean, it's true that she wrote this. It's, it's that you had an erection, though, at the time. That's not true. And wow. then, and, and the and the, also when she says this is when the monitor asks for my assistance, <laughs> that's not true either because the monitor never left the, left my side until the visit was over. So, and remember, theoretically there are video cameras, three cameras in there. Right. So I got nothing to worry about. The cameras, as I stated on the record, any anybody can go to the. Court, district courthouse downtown Albuquerque and get an audio recording. It's just absolutely the- absurd. It's absolutely yeah. absurd. I mean, the idea that that you would be so, you know, such a horny pervert, right? The suggestion here is that you're this sicko, you know, sex-addicted, ed- uh, perverted, child-loving father. <laughs> By the way, the statistically least likely person to abuse a child yeah. is their father, that you uh, would from be, a sexual standpoint. That you would be so uh, just unable to control your desires that you just have to touch your, uh, you know, your hard uh, penis in front of this woman who's sitting there watching you. I mean, it's just absolutely ludicrous, but this is what led to your uh, your kids being essentially you not being able to see your kids anymore. Yeah, it was it was one thing. At, 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 I guess the best way to describe it at every juncture, at every point where things can go left, right, or center, the the judge it, it's the judge's fault because the judge. I mean, this letter would have meant nothing if a judge read it and said, "This doesn't. I don't really believe this." You know what I mean? 
Right, sure. But, well, I mean, the, the man in the robe, or in this case, the woman in the robe is... Uh, if it the, had been a man in the robe, by the way, it would have been an entirely different story. The arbiter, I don't know, Mark. I don't know if that's a true statement. I think you've been making some sexist statements tonight, Mark, and I don't think what it's... What are you uh, talking about? Have you ever been through the... Uh, no, the ch- I, look... It, I'm just telling you, these government you... bureaucrats generally favor the women, whether they're men or women. Uh, the government bureaucrats generally favor women. In family women. court, they darn sure do favor the right, women. Right, so that's you're saying that because statement? it's a... No, the sexist statement was that if it was a man in the robe, that it would have gone differently. He'd understand what it was like to a just himself. Maybe. Okay. If, if maybe. a guy makes a claim, maybe. That's, maybe it's certainly. It's, it's a much more, it's a much larger likelihood. David, I want to thank you for getting into uh, the great detail on that. What, what, in what must be an uncomfortable story. And, yeah, gentlemen. Yes, sir. Quickly. Yeah. I can answer your question. Um, uh, if you can hear me all right, I yeah. can tell you a story that, that will. We don't uh, have time for another story. I mean, if you've got 20, you can, you can do it in 20 seconds. Then you yeah, can I can. It. Okay, so this this judge is Angela Jewell. Her husband is Tommy Jewell. I ran into Tommy Jewell in in a in a work situation months later, and 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 he finally asked me. He said, "So what did they say you did?" And and I said to him, "I said you really want to know." And he said, "Yeah." And I said, um, "They said I had a, they, they said that uh, she noticed I had an erection when I was changing my baby's diapers." And he goes, "This is the this is the husband of the judge. He's also a children's court judge, retired." He goes, "How the hell would she know I had an erection?" Direction. That's the judge's husband, who's also a retired children's judge. That's his reaction. Thanks for the call tonight, David. I appreciate hearing from you, and, and thank you for the story and the, and the details. It's just, it's amazing. And as you say, Mark, this is not likely a tr- particularly uncommon experience with couples that have children and are on the outs, and they believe that the, the best way to handle that situation is to go to the government. And in in this case, if you want to control your uh, your former partner, if you want to make their life a living hell, then yeah, that's that's the best thing that you can do is go to the government. It certainly does make them uh, you know make make life very difficult once uh, one partner decides I'm going to use the family court system to solve my problems. The toll free number tonight eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You're welcome to share your story, or you can bring up whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. It is the live Saturday edition of the program, and we are here to take your phone calls. Again, about anything, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. we got features there. They're free, so enjoy those, uh, like our Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are indeed listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. See that for yourself, shrine.freetalklive.com. Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves <clears throat> excuse me, sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect those on those accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. 
SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies in the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI, you can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. We started out the show tonight telling you about a a case that happened here in New Hampshire just a few days ago uh, in regards to a young lady, uh, excuse me, a couple that just had a baby. I believe it was a female, Cheyenne. They named her, uh, that's what they named her. And uh, she was taken from them uh, within 16 hours by these government bureaucrats who believe they just have the right to come by and take your kids from you. And if you want your kids back, then you've got to fight and hire lawyers and go to court and jump through all these hoops. And they can take your kids on the just the flimsiest of uh, circumstances on completely anonymous tips, anonymous uh, complainants. But somebody that doesn't like you down the street, they can make a complaint against you. And these DCF folks will turn your life into a living hell. Let's go with uh, your thoughts you're welcome to uh, share your stories, or maybe you think that it's okay to take a baby from somebody because they're associated with the uh, Oath Keepers, which everybody's calling a militia. I have no evidence that it actually is, and even if it was a militia, so what? Is it all right to take babies from people and, and children from people that are you know trotting around in the forest with guns and you know going through little ex- military exercises or whatever it is they want to do for fun? That's okay to take babies. Is, can anybody defend these actions? 800-259-9231. Uh, we go to your phone calls. Noah is listening in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Noah. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, thanks for your patience tonight. Go ahead with your thoughts. All right. I got uh, two points. Um, first is, uh, I guess I was listening to the uh, Alex Jones show. Okay. And uh, he had interviewed this couple. And um, they uh, talked about the, um, the gun issue. And I guess that uh, they said that the woman had a concealed carry, but because she was pregnant, she couldn't keep it on her person. So she put it in a, uh, uh, some sort of a bag. And when they got pulled over, uh, the cop um, accused the man of, uh, of it being his gun, and he was taken to court on it. And um, uh, it didn't stick, but they somehow got a misdemeanor still claiming it was his gun. Yeah, well, they, they they do this anytime they they darned well feel like it. Um, mm-hmm. Their their system is uh, just rigged as it can be. A friend of mine went to court recently, defended himself successfully on a misdemeanor charge, and uh, the judge dropped it down to a violation. The judge said that the prosecution had failed to prove its case, but went ahead and, and charged him with a violation himself after the court uh, after the trial. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a railroad job to me. But um, my second point is is um, you know, I'm 20, and uh, uh, 10 years ago, my parents going through divorce and whatnot, the most traumatic part is not the actual divorce, but when the the courts come into the uh, whole situation, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's it. Government always traumatizes people with all of its, its rules and its mandates and this one-size-fits-all system that is in, incredibly inflexible to individual circumstances. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I mean, divorce on its own likely has a set of emotions attached to it. Sure. Sometimes can, you know, maybe get a little more Traumatic difficult experience. than others. Yeah. Uh, but to add uh, insult to injury, you then have to deal with these criminals, these government people who believe they own you, and they own your children, and they act like it. Let's continue. Ladies first, Catherine, listening in Shippen, Virginia. Catherine, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, listen, Hi. I, I think you're listening to WCHV. Go ahead, Catherine. 
Hi. Uh, yeah, I was telling the other gentleman I was listening to Dave's story, and when I went and got a divorce 14 years ago, I go to my lawyer. First thing they bring up, do I suspect sexual abuse by the father on my children? So the first thing what that the lawyer that? asked you. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There was no reason for me to suspect that, and why? I don't know. I guess it's just a way to try to get the courts involved even more sure. and try to screw over dads. Yeah, the expression. I think Absolutely. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, well, you're right. The more the court's involved, uh, the more money they're going to get too, right? Yep. Payments from the dad and uh, that sort of thing. Yep, and we just wanted to, you know, go through a as civil a divorce as we could, and they tried to make it into something that it wasn't. It was terrible. Anything else you want to share tonight, Catherine? No, I just, you know, it's. I just feel bad for a lot of the dads out there. It's horrible how uh, how people or human beings are are being treated because the government system is inhumane. It's inflexible, and it's uh, you know you're forced to pay for it. <laughs> so if you don't like it. There's not much you can do about it. And I thank you for the call tonight, uh, 800-259-9231. You can bring up absolutely anything. What can you do about it? Well, you can file a complaint. <laughs> you don't have your kids at that point. And they can take your complaint and they can put it where the sun don't shine. They don't care about your complaints. Yeah, family it's their court system. is a, a nightmare. It's a real nightmare. I'm, you know, I, I'm sure that there are plenty of stories out there of women who have had terrible times uh, with in family court, but I think it's mostly men. In this case, it, this is mostly about uh, child protective services, which is another issue entirely. I mean, this is this, about whatever you want it to be about. Indeed. Free talk live. But I'm saying that this, 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 uh, this issue that we've been talking about here mm-hmm. and and these bureaucrats came and took a child from, uh, you know, a, a couple uh, from that was together that you know didn't have any kind of issues with each other that we know of. <laughs> they, that, there was obviously no history of abuse abuse on this child because, well, it was sixteen hours old. It, it was sixteen hours old. I mean, they hadn't they hadn't even had it for very long. So her father, Jonathan, this from uh, the Pro Libertate blog at freedominourtime.blogspot.com. Will Grigg writing. Uh, this is an excerpt. This is a much longer story here. If you want to go see it for yourself, it's up. I think at lewrockwell.com, probably the easiest way to get to it. Cheyenne, the girl in question, the uh, the newborn child, wasn't even sixteen hours old when they came in and stole her from us. Reports her father, Jonathan, the head of security at Concord Hospital, had a nurse come in while Cheyenne was sleeping, who lied to us that they just wanted to take her to the nursery to see the doctor to be discharged. Even though I said no to have the doctor come in the room, they took her anyway. I followed them out to the nursery because I didn't want my daughter out of my sight. As we were walking out, I saw several gentlemen wearing suits with detective badges, and my gut just started wrenching. They rushed her into the nursery and locked her in, Jonathan continued. While I was talking to one, or the, uh, one of the other nurses, the head of security comes up behind me, grabs my arm, and starts walking me down the hall saying, You need to keep an open mind. You need to just hear them out. And he just <laughs> These people are stealing your child. Keep an open mind now. Keep it's, an open mind. Remember, it's not kidnapping when we do it. And he just kept repeating himself, ignoring my questions as to who they were. Continue with your thoughts here at... Uh, it, 1-800-259-9231. WGMD listener Chris in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Chris. Hello? Chris, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, guys. I just wanted to say the easiest thing to do is to blame some, this, this gigantic government machine and to bring up conspiracies. When In reality... We have a system in place that has to deal with an enormous and increasing number of, of people. Chris, I'm sorry. What was and the conspiracy that was brought up? I must have missed that. That you guys are talking about, you know, these, go- these government individuals who are these people who are working somehow behind the scenes 
to steal people's kids for something. Oh, no, they do it right out in the open. You don't think that taking a kid... You're implying that they're doing this for some purpose. Yeah, there's a purpose. Tell tell me the purpose. Hear me out. Hold on. That's not really my point. My point is... Well, you've made an accusation. There's not an need, And and, and you're either going to retract the accusation or you're going to back it up. Right. I didn't ever suggest... And I don't care what your point is. I didn't ever suggest there was a conspiracy. These people steal people's children in broad daylight, and the purpose is to increase their government's... Their purpose, and I'll bring you back, Chris, if you want. Hang on. We'll give you a chance. Make sure you can get your thoughts out. Their purpose is to increase their budget. They're government bureaucrats. It's what they do. 1-800-259-9231. If they have more kids they take... They get bigger budgets. 1-800-259-9231. And they get to wrap themselves in being heroes at the same time. You can take control. Share your thoughts. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free. So head over there, enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, one of the ways you can do that is by shopping with us. Go to amazon.freetalklive.com and you can order whatever it is you're looking for. You know Amazon. They're the world's largest internet retailer. They've got Dozens of categories, probably a few million items. I mean, there's everything there, it seems like. It's just overwhelming how much stuff they've got. You can go and get your shopping done and feel good because a, a portion of your purchase is going to go to Free Talk Live. Normally, it would just go to Amazon, but they're sending us a chunk because we're sending them the business. So uh, head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. As we continue here with your phone calls, I believe Chris is still with us listening to WGMD. Chris had uh, called in to respond to the discussion about these government bureaucrats stealing people's children. And you, uh, you know, before you could really get into what you were saying, you made the allegation that we were uh, positing some sort of conspiracy theory. And I wanted to, make, to get it out there that there's nothing conspiratorial going on here at all. It's just the usual business of government bureaucrats to interfere with people's lives and to, t- you know, to, to steal and in this case to kidnap. Uh, so go ahead with your thoughts, Chris. Well, the conspiracy theory that I think that you're implying is that and you've admitted already, is that these government bureaucrats are stealing people's kids in order to increase their own budget. Now, I, I'm, not defend, I'm not here to defend the government. I know it's a flawed system. Anyone who has to deal with government agencies knows that, you know, these systems aren't perfect. And they're, one of the reasons is they have to deal with tons and tons and tons of people. First of all, let's, let's be frank here. A lot, our civilization, American culture here, is in a, a period of decline. You can see that when you're driving down the highway. Um, you can see it when you're walking through the mall. You can see it in any, as soon as you walk out your door. People are increasingly rude. People in general. I live in New Hampshire. How do you know that people are increasingly rude? How do you know that people have not been rude all along? Are you getting your information from movies and television? I live in New Hampshire. People are pretty nice here. Mayberry? I don't know. I I may be talking about this, the the region I live in, 
um, in general. Okay. Um, but, you know, I've, I'm approaching 40 years old, and so, you know, let, let's just talk about driving. Use that as an example. Um, you know, road rage is increasing, and a lot of this has to do with, a, you know, that we're in a period of economic decline. Um, and, and I think that, a, you know, a decline in, uh, in, in, uh, what, in courtesy. What evidence is there that road rage is increasing? Is it just your anecdotal evidence, your personal uh, experiences? Yeah, personal. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I can't fault I, it's, you. It's valid, but you understand it's not scientific, and there, that you know that, that, no, uh, that makes certainly, it. Certainly, certainly. Sure. I see here in New Hampshire, um, people are pretty friendly. Right. Actually, I mean, they, the road rage incidents so, I've seen uh, right. where I've had trouble with people. They're so friendly here. Just, I mean, I'm just countering your uh, Kasich studies with my own. Uh, people are so friendly on the roads here, and I used to live in Florida, so I do have some comparison uh, that you know I can make. Um, and the people are so friendly here; it's it's almost offensively friendly because, <laughs> like, I don't, I feel bad when people stop for me and I'm 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 on feet, you know, my on my feet. I'm trying to cross the road. I I'm used to waiting be, for people. Do you think that maybe because the of the the population is less dense? In the area that that you all live in, possibly. Versus, where do you where do you live? Um, I guess you would categorize it as well. It's basically two hours from Washington D.C. Okay. So you've got a, you know a number of large cities. Uh, I live outside of a tourist area, so you know, and we get all the tourists from those large cities. Gotcha. And well, people, maybe it, yeah, maybe it, tourists it, are just people, less likely to be courteous because they don't know anybody. Uh, perhaps that's a factor. Well, well, you know. It, I think it has to do with this. You pack a bunch of people who, uh, because of our economy, pack a bunch of people into a place, and because of our economy, people are more and more transient. So then they have less invested in their neighborhoods. They, I mean, for instance, in this area, who knows their neighbor? You guys are in New Hampshire. You probably, like I said, you have less people living around there. I don't know what the economy is like in, in New Hampshire, but... Um, you know, in, in many big cities, who, who does know their neighbor? And when um, these sorts of things start to, when these sorts, sorts, sorts of attitudes start to increase, uh, you know, like I say, courtesy and stuff starts to decline. It's an, interesting, so, it's an interesting theory, and right, I think can there's... Can you wrap it into the idea of the decline of Western civilization and and why uh, this uh, DCS or HRS or, you know, whatever these organizations... Stealing are, kids? Yeah, why these, uh, these organizations need to take people's kids? Well, I think that you've got an increasing amount of rude people involved in both, both sides of the case. I think you may have a... a a group of people who, you know, maybe have, I don't have kids either, so. Okay. Well, do you understand you know, that when the government, that the government has a monopoly on, on dealing with people, so therefore these, uh, that these bureaucrats, they don't have to, to give the level of service, say, a normal company would that has competition out there. So when you're dealing with that kind of monopoly privilege. It's easy to be rude to those people. You can be as rude as you want to somebody. I mean, it's not necessarily justified. <laughs> I mean, I mean but... if, if there is a vortex for rude people, some might claim it's the government well it'd be easier i mean it's easy to be rude back right mark i mean that's a sure. common uh, common result right. and well, it's that's, difficult a, that's to... a result of people be having to deal with a uh, sure. monopolistic bureaucracy and it's difficult to approach people that are working for these government you know these government people it's difficult to approach them with love in your heart and with forgiveness and it's it's not an easy thing i mean that's one of the reasons why i've uh, been doing the police hugging squad to try to get over uh you know the way i feel about these people and how they harm others who do not deserve it in any way quick question for you about where you're at in delaware there i know you're listening to w GMD, one of our uh, our great FM affiliates. Uh, are you in Sus uh, Sussex County? No, I'm actually in Mar on the eastern shore of Maryland. Which okay, is, gotcha. You know, 
neighbor. Thank you for the, the call tonight, Chris. I, I certainly appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, it's certainly possible some of the things that he was suggesting. Uh, the, the, well, pe- I think the transient you, population. I think that. you have a difficult um, you have a difficult time when dealing with the with with the with the cases that DCS deals with. Are there people that need to have their kids taken away? I would say there are. Is this the best way to handle it? I don't know. It seems like no way it's in not. hell to just take a kid on a you know in, in many cases anonymous tips. Right, like taking well, children. In this, kid, they, in this case, they took a kid from a person uh, who clearly has never abused the child. It was only sixteen hours old, and they were waiting for them when they came to the hospital. They'd been there more than twenty four hours. They took a kid on speculation. This is a thought crime. This isn't what America's about. Now I understand if you're going to wave it the flag now, for the destruction of Western civilization. You can justify anything. You can justify shooting people on the street because, Mm -hmm. gosh darn it, America's declining. 1-800-259-9231. I wish it would be over. I mean, I wish the decline would just end so we can finally end this experiment and get back to, uh, you know, the idea of uh, having people leave each other alone. Maybe maybe not even get back to it. I don't know if that ever happened. Uh, but I, I'm sorry if I used the uh, the wrong terminology there. Still, like sometimes I had the old me, you know, stuck inside. Uh, at some point, I, I don't know if there ever was any any great uh, freedom in this country. I mean, there might have been less interference in general by government bureaucrats at, at some point in our history, but certainly not in my lifetime. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The evidence is uh, that the government has grown exponentially uh, since the in the last three decades. Yeah, uh, just an incredible amount that it, it really kicked up after. Uh, right, it really kicked up after the income tax uh, came about. Although uh, Abraham Lincoln, you could argue that it was a significant expansion of uh, f- you know federal power. Well, after he, the they Civil just didn't War. have the, the feet on the ground in order to afor- enforce it. Yeah. I mean, he threw some uh, reporters in jail or whatever, but. He was a madman. Let's continue with uh, your thoughts at uh, 800-259-9231. Frank, listening in Aberdeen to KBKW. Hello, Frank. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I thought I'd give you some perspective on what it's like to be the kidnapped kid. Okay, please. uh, Yeah, I grew up uh, my teenage years in high-risk foster care, and I wasn't kidnapped. I was more given away. It was my own fault. Uh, I... uh, did some bad things of a sexual nature when I was a kid, and my mom went to get me therapy, but she wanted to put me in foster care to get me away from my sister. Bad things meaning you were experimenting uh, consensually? Yeah, or... kind of. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Type yeah, I wouldn't thing. say that's particularly bad. That's kind of just nature and what kids do. I would say bad well, would be and, holding your sister down and you know molesting her or something like that. Well, in Washington, it, it, uh, doing that... Uh, actually results in a child molestation charge, apparently. For the and child? In, uh, yeah. Um, and it results in that because, uh, basically, my mom wanted to put me in foster care to get me away from my sister, and foster care said, well, we can't take him unless you press charges. Oh, jeez. And so, uh, <laughs> as a result, um, I had to register as a sex offender. Let me and see if I've got this straight. Your mother wanted to get rid of you into the foster care system... She had to press charges against you. How old were you at that time? Uh, well, I, the, the, the incident happened when I was 12 and I was 13 when I went to court. Unbelievable. Yeah. So anyway, the, um, 
But being in foster care for so long gave me kind of a perspective. And Let's talk I about that, so if you can. Hang on. We'll come back after the news. Talk about foster care. What is it like to be in the clutches of the government system as a young person? 800-259-9231. Share your thoughts on these issues or anything you want. You can take control of the airwaves. Hour number three is next. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so head over there, enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Generally, the theme tonight, of course, you can bring up anything, but the theme has been about these government bureaucrats calling themselves CPS, DCF, DCYF, so on and so on, HRS. That believe they, uh, you know, it's it's totally okay and it's their job and it's all right for them to just come on into your life and take your kids from you. Started out with a story. If we don't, Western civilization will crumble. All right. Started out with a story out of New Hampshire about them taking a, a 16-hour-old, someone who had just been out of uh, his, you know, her mother's womb for less than a day, taking uh, that child from their parents on the flimsiest of accusations. And heard from you, with uh, listeners like you, with your stories about what it was like uh, working in this incredibly inhumane, one-size-fits-all government system that is forced upon us. And we're now actually hearing from Frank, who is listening in Aberdeen to KBKW, about his experience as the kidnapped. Or in this case, you weren't necessarily kidnapped, uh, Frank, but you were in a bizarre situation, unwanted uh, by your mom because you were engaging in you know, what what wouldn't really be considered sexual play, but maybe sexual exploration uh, with, I think, what was your sister at, uh, at the time. And uh, she wanted to get rid of you. So they told her that in order to turn you over to foster care, she would have to press charges against you at age 12. And that's where we, uh, I think we left off your story. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, you know, and and you know, I accepted responsibility for the things I'd done. I pleaded out in court, had to register at thirteen. An, at, at, yeah, at, at thirteen. What was and, the charge? Uh, child molestation, first degree. Wow, and this that's was crazy. for a, for an I show you your mind, you show me your situation, right? Yeah, it's kind of you know a little touching, light petting type stuff. Uh, basically, just mimicking what we you know seen on the TV or or caught our parents doing or okay whatever, you know? people this is not unusual it's not un uh unnatural i mean for for well, kids to experiment not, i grew up you know with seeing what i seen in foster care which is you know kind of why i'm calling i'm not really you know calling to, to sure. complain about my situation but 
you know, hopefully I can answer some of the questions that Chris called and had, uh, um, you know, as to the purpose of kidnapping the kids and all. Go out ahead. Here, out here, um, it's basically been publicly admitted that, you know, adding more foster parents to the system is basically working as a jobs program. I mean, the unemployment is so high that paying foster parents to take in kids uh, is a way to get more income into houses. And, uh, well, of course, it's it's you know it's nonsense because it's it's government redistribution of wealth. They're not real jobs, just like most government well, jobs. They're, aren't. they're being paid. They're exactly, they're not producing you know. anything. Right? There's no there's nothing well, uh, being produced in the marketplace there on well, a consensual basis. Actually, they basis. are. They're, they're producing in the same way that uh, garbage men and, and uh, firefighters do. They they produce something in that they provide homes for the kids that really do need them in foster care. Well, and, and the result is that us, us us foster kids we were a commodity to be bought and sold, particularly. Right particularly high-risk foster kids who had, you know, criminal backgrounds or something like that. You know, I, I, went, I was in uh, four, four different foster homes, and, uh, you know, each time I was traded off to a different foster home like you would trade a baseball player because they had the opportunity to get a kid who was higher risk and worth more money. Wow. Because they get a, a higher pay for the higher-risk kids. Jeez. And... So, uh, um, you know, this, of course, my experience in foster care makes me extremely distrustful of the government because I've seen what happens when they take complete control over, uh, you know, any particular program or people's lives and, and so on and so forth. What else That's, did you see? What, did you, what are some of the other things you experienced? Well, um, for one, the the bureaucracy, the kinds of things we had to go through as a foster kid I had, well, first of all, because of the the, um, the criminal background, I had, of course, my probation officers, parole officers. I had two different uh, uh, case workers through CPS, or as I call child kidnapping services. Um, we had, uh, uh, of course, foster parents, guardian ad litems. There's just this whole bureaucracy of people looking over you all the time. And then you're kind of set up to fail. You know, going back to, to my particular case, when I turned 18, you know, everybody, the common mythology is that when you turn 18, your criminal history from your childhood disappears. Not with a sex so, offense, right? What's that? Not with a sex offense? Well, you can petition for it, mm-hmm. and it, this, well, this is another great thing. So to, it disappears the, for rich people. Know, petitioning to, to <laughs> get the requirement to register waived, um, they said, you know, because I was getting bad grades, that made me more likely to reoffend. Wow. Because I was getting bad grades in school. Do, uh, do a lot I of foster never... kids get good grades in school? No, no. We all, and, and in fact, I grew up in one of the worst, na- at the time it was one of the worst neighborhoods in America in Hilltop, Tacoma. And, uh, you know, we were all involved in gangs and this, that, and the other. And, mm. and you know, I see more drug use in foster care than I did before I went in, you know. So- you were put in, uh, you know, in the situ- situation for some kind of sexual abuse charge. I've heard all kinds of things about the foster care system and the sexual abuse the kids deal with once they get in it. Did you experience that? Did you see it? Um, you know, I I didn't experience it with my foster parents. There were control issues with my foster parents. Uh, uh, they all tend to go in with the the best of intentions, and then it takes uh, pretty much two years. You can you can pretty much count down, set your watch by it. After two years of dealing with all this, you know little screw-ups, uh, the place basically becomes like juvenile hall. It's, it's uh, um, you know, there ends up bars on the windows, alarm systems, so on and so forth. How and, many kids and, were, your, uh, were your foster parents taking care of? 
Oh, well, that, see, that's where it gets touchy. In, in Washington State, the law says that in foster care, you can have no more than uh, two beds per room. But foster parents are constantly encouraged to break those rules because at, when I was in, they did not have enough foster parents to take care of all the high-risk kids. Mm-hmm. So I shared a room with uh, four other boys. There was uh, three boys in the room next to that and three boys downstairs. And that was just one foster home. But it was a similar situation in, in all the foster So they put you in close proximity with other so-called at-risk uh, teenage boys. Yeah, I mean, it's basically uh, it's basically like sharing a cell with someone in jail. I mean, you, you, it's uh, Gladiator Academy, for, for lack of a better term, you know, and... and uh, you know, there was a lot of sex offenders there. There was a lot of uh, gang gang members there, and and I actually grew up with that. And uh, um, you know, and and but the, as doesn't, as it doesn't sound like a very healthy environment to put a kid in. I mean, these government bureaucrats it, claim not. claim that they care so much. Oh yeah, we wouldn't be doing this for the money and to increase the size of our budgets. Uh, no, we're doing this because we care about so kids. What but happened? We're put oh, kids I, I, together I can to... tell you outright, having been having been to to juvenile hall, having been to to jail. Um, I, I almost would say that the jail is healthier than the foster home. And that's not necessarily the Jeez. fault of the foster parents, but the system itself. It's, it is such a screwed-up system that it, crea- it, it, it has no ability but to create a, an extremely unhealthy environment where kids are basically set up to fail. Well, that's a really uh, poignant statement. If you're claiming that, uh, that, that kid jail is worse than foster homes, that's, uh, or, or just about, uh, that's, that's a heck of a thing to say. Yeah. So you said that your mom wanted to send you off to foster uh, care early on. Um, that was at 13. Did she change her mind at any point? How was, um, and what was that like? No, she. Uh, I, I went into foster care. In fact, uh, I remember um, when I was uh, 13, the um, case. My mother and my grandmother took me to see, meet one of my caseworkers. Caseworker said that that I was going into foster care, and she asked me what I thought of that. I still don't understand why, because it's not like I had a choice in the matter. <laughs> but uh, I asked her. I said, "Well, what's it like?" She said, "Well, uh, you know, it's like a normal family." <laughs> and I've never had. Never having had a normal family, I, I, I thought, well, you know, that's cool. We'll try that then. So I went into foster care. and uh, Was it like a normal day, family? These two foster, what's that? Was it like a normal family? Well, that's, uh, that's the, the story. You know, uh, earlier in the day, two of these, these foster brothers had, had gone uh, uh, fighting against each other, and you oh, know, that got squashed. But then uh, later on that night, apparently they had not gotten over it, and one of them uh, uh, defecated it in his hand and threw it across oh the Oh, my room. God. The first night you were there. Thank you, Frank, for the story. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Yeah, that happened when I was at home with my parents all the time, flying feces <laughs> between siblings. It's very normal. 800-FREE-TALK-LIVE-WHATEVER. <laughs> DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves if you just dial in toll-free. The number for you, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Hey, if you enjoyed this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more Internet listeners on board as well. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll learn about the perks you'll get as an amplifier. You get access to the amp-only call-in lines, forum, podcast, and more. Get the details, get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options over at AMP. .freetalklive.com MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacs, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. They're in stock and ready to ship the overnight delivery. It's MemoryDealers.com. All right, we continue taking your phone calls. You can bring up anything. The subject tonight has been DCF, these government bureaucrats or whatever they're called in your state uh, that go around and kidnap people. There's also been the uh, the foster care system been discussed and how horrible it is. When have we ever heard the stories about how great foster care has been for people? I have not heard those stories. Uh, so the last guy we had on said that he was told as a 13-year-old boy that, uh, oh, it's going to be like a normal family by it's the government. like a normal family. And then the first night he's there, there's a fight between the two kids. I'll be a real boy. Later on in the evening, uh, one of the two kids that was fighting earlier in the day throws feces at the other. I mean, just the, your first night there. Yeah, not and pleasant. Said it was worse than juvie. <laughs> I mean, that's a heck of an indictment, isn't Bars it? Bars on the windows. Let's continue here with your thoughts, your calls about whatever's on your mind as well. Uh, Max is listening in New Hampshire. Max, you're on Free Talk Live. Max, in New Hampshire. Going once. In New Hampshire. Okay, so my my first question is, the couple had two prior children that were taken, right? Right. So that, that's uh, the, the, You're referring back to the story. Let me recap real quick. We're referring back to the story uh, that we, we started off the show with, with uh, which was uh, a situation here in New Hampshire where the cops busted in um, in the hospital and took a 16-hour-old child mm-hmm. uh, from the, the parents. So go ahead. Right. Okay, so why were those two children taken the 10 months prior? I, we can't find that information out. Uh, the, the Department of Children's Safety or whatever is not giving that information out. They will not answer questions. That's transparency for you. And um, the you know they were not taken from the mother. They were taken from a caretaker, which is both good and bad, wouldn't you say? Like that the mother didn't have custody of the child, um, the children, but... That they were taken, well, wait, they the weren't taken from her. Like a babysitter or somebody who had parental rights? No, they were no, no, somebody who had parental type rights, as as I understand it. You really don't know what you're. you're you don't know. I, I really because don't. I, know. I'm not picking because what I'm what I'm asking is because depending on the situation with those two previous children, so um. Social workers have every right to go in and take that third baby. So I I, I, I would um, disagree with that, and here's why. Those two kids didn't belong to uh, that the dad. The dad. So well, my I, question to you, wait, wait, wait. My question to you is, okay. is if my wife is the worst parent in the world. Don't I have the right to take my child? And, you know, if they tell me, look, you can have, your, have the kid, but you can't live in the same house, that's one thing. But they don't need to come in and take the kid, right? Not until there's a DNA test. 
What? And was there a DNA test proving oh, that? Oh, I, I, hold on. Are you are you talking about we're innocent until proven guilty now? I mean, because no, no. that's my what child. I'm, I'm standing there in the room with that woman. Be... She's claiming it's mine. Then that's my kid. I'll tell you what. The Department of, Fa- uh, you know, the the family court will make me pay for them if uh, if she claims that they're that I'm the dad. And then I have to get the paternity suit to prove otherwise. I have to get the DNA test to prove otherwise. So that in that case, um, in the way that our court systems do work. Yes, you do have to have a paternity test. So you're telling me, wait a second, I can't prove paternity with my son. So you're telling me that the court should be able to... But you can if you have your son there with you. That's, the daughter was there with the father. He was there in the hospital when they... No, no, what I'm saying is, slow down so I can speak, please. All you need to do is have that paternity test. You think they offered that to him? They took him, they they threw him up against the wall and handcuffed him. The next thing that I would like to say is, this is why you have people there with you. You have a lawyer. You have... Why do you have to have a lawyer with you? You have a lawyer to give birth? Because This is why you don't use hospitals. There's preventative measures because there are militant people out there. Militant people? What does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do I with anything? I hear you guys are talking over each other. What is a militant person? A militant person is, is these government officials who wouldn't even let the man put his name on the birth certificate, which probably would have allowed him to take that baby home. Is and that true? They wouldn't let him put his name on I don't the, have that information. Yeah, they just, wouldn't even let him put his name on the birth certificate. How did you come across that? Google, how did you come across that part of the story? Because I've been sitting here Googling it while I've been waiting. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. I've been working on it. I mean, I've, so, I've got four four screens open. So then you would say that's pretty outrageous, then, that them not allowing him to take custody yeah, of his own I child. Yeah, and I think that was really tricky, but I think if they would have had an advocate there with them. This I is pretty crazy, that's right? A ludicrous, I mean, that's a ludicrous thing to suggest. Who thinks about that when they're I, going no, to the no, hospital? I, but, but, but what I'm saying is, I think that since that there, they were people who were obviously under the, the, these officials thumb they obviously were being watched they obviously were being you know targeted for the gun they were obviously and obviously they were being picked you know the pin pinpointed mm-hmm. you know what i, I mean I see what I, you're I saying. You, but remember, this guy was charged not with a misdemeanor, but a violation. It's the effective uh, level of a ticket. I mean, but what she's saying no is they reason were in- to believe. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is now, if, if I'm him, I'm her. This is my baby. And nobody's going to screw around. So wh- I'm gonna have I see where you're coming from. Every, the guy's a gun nut. Was every, it- Every possible ally there. I, I get what I get where Max is coming from, Mark. Have, she's saying that you know, she's saying people that, there with cameras. I right. Will have I get what you're saying, Max. You're, you're saying they knew that the government was uh, was watching them in yeah, advance, obviously. and that they should you know, have gone in with a lawyer to the hospital to have a baby. Yeah. I mean, I, it's interesting. I Hindsight it being 2020. Crazy. Yeah, maybe you're right about that, Max. Crazy, and I, I but think you know what I mean. And then, and then maybe these government officials who I do support in some cases because I have worked as a volunteer for some of these cases where mothers who's had who had Munchausen's, which I'm sure you know what Munchausen's is by proxy. Oh shoot, I read about it. Is this the one where syndrome of some sort I don't know. The mother won't eat, so the baby comes out so malnourished or the baby and when you were saying when you were saying that the father was being told as he was being walked down the hall, it, this is for the best. 
all I could think was that baby had to get away from that mother because that mother was hurting the baby. There's no evidence whatsoever that she was in the hospital. Exactly, it was 16 but hours. what I'm saying is there's right. scenarios like that. I, I, I see where you're coming from, but there's you know, no justification for stealing. Don't a, I don't care saying, what the scenario is. There's no justification for stealing a baby without having any kind of, well, what, what case. Nothing they're stealing. Maybe they had to because... No, it's still stealing, even if you even if you believe that it's somehow necessary because you've justified it. You shouldn't in some be able fashion. to take someone's child away until there's a court case, uh, you know. And if they need to, run it through the court case. But uh, not that that's very much better. But it'd be better in this, than this case. Thank you for the call tonight, Max. I appreciate hearing from you. And who thinks of bringing a lawyer to the the hospital when they're having that's a baby? The way it's going to have to be. Just want to get to the damn hospital. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. We are here, and we will take your calls about anything. You dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231, and you can take control of the airwaves. Tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, so do enjoy those on us. Head on over to freetalklive.com and you can enjoy uh, features like our listening options, the archives, the bulletin board system, the webcam. You can watch, listen, and chat. The webcam allows you to do all of that and all for free, courtesy of memorydealers.com. Also, uh, go to johndennis2010.com. He is a Republican running against Nancy Pelosi in San Francisco. If you're not in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can't vote for John Dennis, but you can support his campaign against this, uh, you know, icon of bad government, Nancy Pelosi. Icon's pretty nice. Nice thing to say. But she's an icon could have of bad said something government. like Harpy. Yeah, well, you know. Harridan? Yeah, uh, Harridan? I don't know. I'd have to look that up. Go ahead. JohnDennis2010.com. I've donated to his campaign. I'd recommend you do, too. He says right here on his website, he's the only kind of Republican, by the way, that can win in San Francisco, and that is a libertarian Republican. He says, I support ending both the Iraq and Afghan wars and withdrawing our troops as safely and as quickly as possible. Good man. Good man. If you agree with that statement, go donate to his campaign. If you don't, and you still think Nancy Pelosi's terrible, go donate donate to his campaign. Uh, 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 uh. JohnDennis2010.com. Harridan, a scolding, vicious woman. Hag shrew. Mm. Great word. 800-259-9231. We continue here uh, just a little bit more about what's happened in this case, which we were discussing just a moment ago uh, with Max, where these government bureaucrats came in and confiscated, kidnapped, rather, a, a newborn child, 16 hours old, basically taking her out of her mother's arms, away from her father, and all on the pretenses that... Uh, that dad, for instance, had uh, – the reason why dad wasn't allowed to, to have uh, access to the child was because, well, he's had a gun charge, a gun charge of carrying a concealed weapon without a permit, which is just a violation. It's like nothing. It's a, t- a ticket uh, here in New Hampshire. The mom, I guess, has lost custody somehow of her other two sons. But as you point out, Mark, dad doesn't have those custody issues. He wasn't the right. father of those two sons that the mom had lost custody of. Also, when you're dealing with somebody with, uh, with, with some kind of charge, does that mean they can't have kids? I've got a felony charge in my past. In 1989, I got convicted of a felony. 
Does that mean that the the government should be able to come and take my kid and if put they him in knew about it? Care? Maybe they would. I mean, it seems like we're to that point, doesn't it? I mean, they came and they took this uh, this man's child from him, and it, it, how horrifying must that be? I mean, the last caller suggested, well, all you can do is just have a lawyer with you, and you know, <laughs> what, what else could you do? I suppose you go could, to a birthing center like you did, right? Mark. You have that the option help. of not going to a hospital. A lot of people haven't heard of midwifery, and and they don't because the hospital assisted in this kidnapping. They yeah. didn't just stand by idly as the government bureaucrats did whatever they were doing. Absolutely. The hospital let them, uh, gave them a staging area uh, that they had been there but since before the birth. Um, the, you know, the, the, the previous caller suggested they should know, and maybe they should have known that the, the government was out to get them, but hindsight's twenty twenty. They walked, yeah. actually, uh, the, the, the gentleman, uh, you know, gave in his story. He said he walked past the, past the police. He thought they were there for something else. He had no idea that they were here to take his kid. Now, this man is a supporter of Oath Keepers, which is also something that's being trotted out as being problematic, as though it's a militia. And Will Grigg over at uh, LewRockwell.com is uh, going to address that here. As he points out, uh, they're saying that some of the other things in their their trivial paperwork uh, was the affidavit mentioned Irish's association with the Oath Keepers, which was misrepresented in the affidavit as a militia. Oath Keepers, and we've we've talked about them before, but he really makes clear what they're about here, is an organization of current and retired law enforcement and military personnel, which means this guy probably worked for the government at some point. Uh, probably military. Who, who I pledged guess. not to carry out patently unconstitutional orders, who have taken that pledge. They've actively, in order to join the Oath Keepers, they've taken that oath, and they've said that... If I'm told to do something by these government superiors that I work for, and I don't agree with it, I think it's unconstitutional, I will not follow those orders. There's nothing militia-oriented about it. In fact, the group's founder, Stuart Rhodes, emphasizes that it encourages lawful, peaceful non-cooperation rather than armed insurrection as a way of interposing against the all-encompassing criminal assault by the regime against individual rights. The the guy that created the group is expressly peaceful. He says this is not a militia. We're not training or or organizing or getting target practice or anything like that. The Irish guy is, uh, he's got a page here at uh, Sons of Liberty Riders. Irish is his last name, the man in the case. uh, John C. Irish. He's got a page here at uh, uh, what is it? Um, Sonsoflibertywriters.com says, Sons of Liberty is a nonviolent, law-abiding gathering of like-minded patriots. We stand united against any acts of violence or illegal activity. The Sons of Liberty writers does not endorse, tolerate, uh, uh, or tolerate radical, extreme, violent, or racial postings. There are sites on the Internet where these beliefs are welcome. This is not this one, of, one them. of them. Good for him. He sounds like somebody we'd be able to get along with. Uh, he doesn't sound like a danger or anything like that, yet these government bureaucrats get away with just taking his child. Sure. Just take all they child. have to do is say, hey, he's dangerous. Yep. That's all they have to do to take your child. We're in charge. And that's really the issue yeah. here. Um, could happen know, to you. It, it absolutely could happen to you. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I mean, there have been there have been allegations around the country that, in fact, uh, you know, there was a, a case in South Carolina in the last year where a baby with a newborn, well, a few days old, was taken away from a, a family and given to a wealthy family that was uh, related to somebody who is in the Child Protective Services organization. Pull those strings. Let's go to your calls. Bill is listening to WTAR in Hampton, Virginia. Hello, Bill. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey. Hello. Hey, Bill. You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I was calling about uh, uh, here in Virginia, they have uh, a great system in place for determining your child support. If you get behind on it, I uh, I submitted all the paperwork and everything to them, and they imputed a wage on me that is actually three times higher than what I actually make. Oh, my gosh. 
which, you know, to meet the, the child support payments, I actually spend more money on paying child support and none of it goes towards any of my arrears, which I incurred the arrears when I was uh, incarcerated. I, too, have a felony in my past. Oh. And, you know, when I ask them about, oh, you got to wait three years to resubmit, and resu-, you know, and you, they, don't have a, they don't have a direct phone number you can call anybody. You call an 800 number, and they say, oh, we'll give a message to the caseworker, and they'll call you back. We're you your government. From we care. Yeah. What a bunch and of it, nonsense. You know, and, and I've got some friends, nothing personal happened to me, but I've got some friends that I've seen had to go through the Child Protective Services taking their kids because of unfounded allegations. There's no court hearings. You know, in this country, you're supposed to have, before you lose anything, your life, your liberty, your kids, property, you're supposed to have due process of law. Including the right to face your accuser. And in exactly. many of these cases, the accusers are completely anonymous. Right. And these government bureaucrats They stand, they stand behind the uh, DP, and have, DPS. And they have to prove nothing. That's right. It's just an allegation. Innocence. They don't have to prove anything. It's, you know, they can, they can, can steal your... About you and that's, it's the gospel. Absolutely. They can kidnap your children and hold them for an unending, a seemingly unending amount of time just based on the say-so of somebody who may not even know you. It's crazy. Yeah. And yet everybody just looks at this and they say to themselves, well, it couldn't happen to me. Or, and I guess not everybody, because it's starting to touch more and more people uh, in, in very negative fashions. But a lot of people can look at that and just say, well, I, I'm respectable and I take care of my kids, so that would never happen to me. Well, but you might be surprised. They might think that their kids are older, but then your kids no, are going to have kids. Carry, I have to carry the label of a of a deadbeat dad in the government's eyes when I have communications with my ex-wife and my daughter. And, you know, I send I send 75% of my earnings every month to pay child support, current child support. Gosh. It has nothing to do with my arrears. I can't knock that down. If they would lower it to what it's supposed to be and let me send in what I can over that, I can knock my arrears down and whatever. That's crazy. But now you have to wait until you're allowed to appeal the current amount that they're, uh, they're jacking years. you. Yeah, well, they say three years. They're hoping, you know, by then I'll be... See, the whole thing is I used to make more money, but, you know, the economy kind of sure. sucks right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm making a lot less money now than I was before. I'm, I'm, I'm practically homeless, you may as well say. I have to work out deals with people to stay where I can stay because I can't afford to pay rent anywhere because I, I send all my crazy. money so I don't go to because if you go so to jail you don't go back to jail it. where you'll start building up more in arrears because you can't make I any get, payments from jail at all and then you lose your if job they, if <laughs> they throw you in jail for child support you don't get any good time you have to do every day of everything they give you he amazing one year, you do a whole year. thank you for the call tonight and the story I appreciate hearing from you and your expertise your uh, experience at 800-259-9231 moments remain enough time maybe for your call this is Free Talk Live This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live and only moments remain. Enough time, maybe, for your call. If you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. 
And you may notice uh, there are some banner ads on our site. Down the right-hand column of the, the site, we've got some, uh, some great sponsors that are behind the show. And occasionally, there's the opportunity for you to become one of those advertisers. Uh, and one of those opportunities is now. You can go to auction.freetalklive.com. The third banner on the site is available. It's it's kind of rare that the the top you know, uppermost banners come up for auction. A lot of times, po- folks grab them and they hold on to them. Uh, this one's available now. Third banner, you can win it at auction.freetalklive.com. The bidding started at a dollar. I don't know where it's at right now. I haven't checked it, uh, but it only started yesterday. So there's another about another six days or so uh, to go in this auction, and you can advertise virtually anything. I mean, as long as I don't feel the need to uh, override it for some reason if it's particularly offensive uh but you can go to auction.freetalklive.com place your ad with us at freetalklive.com so we continue here with your calls Uh, last night we unfortunately had to drop a call from germany due to uh, the unfortunate existence of the fcc and he's back uh, and i'm not sure how to pronounce your name is it kale yeah it's, it's okay, but uh, most English-talking people call me Colin after I introduce myself, so that's fine either. Is, well, what's the appropriate way to uh, to say it? Color. Color. Okay, very good, Color. What's Color. Uh, what's yeah. on your mind tonight? Uh, first of all, I'd like to apologize for yesterday. Don't sweat it. Uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't watching. Uh, yeah, my my language. It's all right. Do they uh, allow that in German uh, in Germany on German radio? I mean, I realize that talk radio isn't very prevalent in Europe, but I mean, just in general, like music radio stations, are they? Is it all right to uh, to use profanity there? Uh, well, I I was hosting a, a radio show, a punk rock radio show, a couple of years ago. Uh, the only thing that we weren't allowed to do was like dirty jokes. Dirty jokes. Okay, interesting. So uh, go ahead with what you were calling about. Okay, uh, so uh, yesterday I, I was at a punk rock show, and one band had a song called Business Punks F Off. <laughs> and since I'm, I myself, um, I'm still a punk, like 18 years now, and I'm also an entrepreneur with uh, six people working for me. So you're not oh, a real like, um, you're not a real punk then because you've uh, you've <laughs> sold out to the man and uh, you or, or you he's the man a, you are the man now you're an entrepreneur. No, I, I, I I opted out uh, from the man uh, that was employing me, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got rid of my boss, and I think um, my employees are are pretty happy with uh, what they get and and how they are treated. We say, well, if if your train arrives at like ten forty five, then uh, it's okay if you if you come at that time and not be there at ten thirty and have take a train one hour earlier. Uh, so we're, we're pretty flexible, and the people uh, at my business get way more than, than the proposed minimum wage here Right, so what is, it, what is the, these punks' uh, problems with uh, folks that are, that are entrepreneurial? I mean, that would seem to be very anti-man, right? I mean, to, uh, to work for yourself, to create your own wealth, and to create opportunities for others. What's the objection? Yeah, I, I asked him... Uh, uh, about this, and he said, "Well, uh, making profits uh, and always, uh, yeah, wanting to to get uh, money, uh, and that's that's not punk rock." And so they yeah, weren't charging then to uh, get you into the. They weren't charging for tickets to the punk rock concert show then, right? Uh, well, it was like five euros, uh, but the the venue is uh, financed uh, by by the city, so it's it's been paid with, uh, from with, with tax money actually. I see. Um, so they don't so they yeah, don't but, make a profit on the albums they sell then right they uh, they just uh, they just sell it at yeah, cost. Yeah, huh? but that, that that band was uh, uh, hasn't hasn't got a record out yet and uh, <laughs> most bands, uh, don't want to don't want to make a profit actually and that's that's fine it's, it's uh, a, sure. a lot of DIY. Uh, 
Sure, but if you don't make a profit, if you if right, I mean, if you don't make a profit on your album, then how are you going to pay to produce the next one? How are you going to buy equipment that will improve uh, the the second album that uh, that you come out with? It's just it's just ludicrous. Yeah, well, I I had to work uh, to to buy my my bass guitar and my amp uh, back in the years when I was making music, and we also paid for for the album ourselves, and we were happy if. If we got the costs uh, back with, by, by selling the record, but uh, mostly we were just working our ass off to to finance the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but uh, which is a very entrepreneurial thing was, to do as well. I mean, to get out and, and create music because you love it, uh, to uh, to put it out there in this uh, this very competitive world where somebody's it's, always going to hate profits. Uh, you know, it just doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, free talk. I couldn't live. have expanded this business without them. Right, we couldn't. And I bring pour the them into the movement. <laughs> it's, it's nuts to me. It is crazy. If I if we didn't make profit, then we would be on hardly any radio stations. We wouldn't have a movement, and I wouldn't be able to uh, to reinvest in it. I mean, this it's not people, like I am people sitting that go on to a- work every day are making profits off of selling their labor. I mean, the suggestion is, I guess, that other people should work and give you money for free. I, I mean, I, I mean, how would you not be making profits? Well, actually, in in the punk scene here, uh, in in the uh, political punk scene, not not the guys uh, that are just hanging out on the streets and uh, yeah, drinking all day long. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of, of DIY ethics and uh, yeah, like uh, voluntary trade. Uh, there are, there are uh, shops set up where people can bring the stuff they don't need and take uh, stuff they need uh, without anybody charging anything. Uh, and it's it's working pretty well uh, on on a small scale. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you can make it work, I, I got no objection to that lifestyle. If you want to live, you know, want to operate a business that way, operate a charity, that's fine. I don't fine. see how you make your mortgage payment that way. I mean, no. there's, uh, there's here in uh, in America, there's this thing called Free Cycle, and maybe it's farther than gone further than uh, than America, but Free Cycle is this uh, online program that you use uh, Yahoo Groups. You go in, and you, you got something you want to get rid of, you just put it up there, and uh, you give it away, and people will take it off your hands. So it's a great way to avoid throwing things away. I'm all in favor of volunteering associations and people experimenting and trying new things uh, but to come down on somebody because they uh, want to get paid for what it is that they've dedicated their life to is is pretty intolerant yeah what uh, that the the goal that that, that guy uh, is like yeah, approaching is uh, he said he's, he's uh, in favor of some socialist communistic uh, anarchy Thingy, he, he couldn't describe it uh, exactly. Yeah. I think he, he doesn't have a, have the, the big picture in mind I, right now. Uh, yeah, I was I was talking uh, to him then about like a free market where no state at all. And then he came up with uh, what about the poor? Uh, no, what about the, the people that are unable to work, uh, like uh, disabled people, mentally uh, disabled people? Um, how are they taken care of? Taking and I said, well, there's there's, there's charity, mm-hmm. and he objected that right now the charity in Germany is uh, funded mainly by the state, so from tax money. If that uh, yeah, isn't there anymore, uh, then the charity would have 
major problems uh, financing the stuff they were Right, because people are evil, and they don't love one another, and they they don't want to take care of their fellow man. It's just this viewpoint that is so negative toward uh, toward other human beings, not based in any sort of reality. And even if it were true, it would be another argument against government. If, if people were so greedy and evil and, uh, and selfish, then it's an argument against allowing a certain select few people uh, to take things from others and redistribute them in the way they think is best. Great call tonight, and thank you. Uh, appreciate you calling, taking the time to uh, to call back in because it was a great story, Kala. Thank you at 800-259-9231. You know, uh, the folks over at uh, the Panera Bread Company, the, which is an incredibly successful restaurant chain here in uh, the United States, they have this little saying, uh, profit provides possibilities. I love that statement. I think it really speaks to what you can do with profit. The, the whole right. idea well, behind... The, the, the idea of socialism is nothing new. Uh, the, the pilgrims uh, had a socialist system when they came over here to the United States. Maybe, um, you know, the, the, the first colonies in the United States were essentially socialist communist mm-hmm. colonies. And they failed. There's nothing new to it. Because no one if had anything invested in that system worked, somebody would be able to show it working. And I mean really working. Well, no, but you the, didn't the let me finish my... free markets, you can show over and over and over sure. and over again that they work. Now, admittedly, there aren't many of them around truly free markets, but... Well, you could you could show evidence. My point uh, I was going to make about Panera Bread uh, was a little was a little further along. Uh, they've got this this mission statement, and people look at profit as being this evil thing where it's like Scrooge McDuck just ho- hoarding all this cash. No, profit provides possibilities. You can do things with that money. Not only can you just reinvest it back into your business, expand it, create new jobs for new people. I mean, it's been an incredible expansion this company has has seen over the last decade. Not only can you do that, right. you can also do charitable things with that money. Like they open this cash. Cafe in St. Louis. We talked about it. The, the guys over did. Liberty on yeah, correct. LibertyOnTour.com. Our friends uh, Pete and Adam went there. They videoed this. That's how I learned about it. They've got this open, weird, unusual pay-as-you-decide restaurant. It's a version of Panera Bread, or in this case, the St. Louis Bread Company, which is their original uh, name. Uh, that you walk into. You are told what your suggested price is, and you can pay as much or as little of that or zero or above that as you want, and it works. It works to the point where hungry people can get fed, where people can enjoy a meal at you know, a reduced price. Some people pay more. Where some people get jobs, and this is something they did with their profit. They had to become successful enough to be able to invest in this and, and get this started, and it's be, it's been a success. Anyway, we're done for tonight. We'll uh, be back for the live Sunday edition. Well, we won't, but our co-hosts will be in tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com. We'll see you then, and uh, we'll be back Monday, so talk to you later. Enjoy your weekend. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE.